Good morning, Destiny family. So glad you are here this morning. I am in Southern California with Ken and E. Spicer, but you are in great hands. Pastor Tony Swillam used to be on our team here on staff years ago. Through the years, he's established a dream center, has brought his students to be with us this morning. We have great love and respect for Tony and Christy. Would you please give it up, stand to your feet, and let's give a destiny welcome to Pastor Tony Swillam in the Dream Center! I pastor a church in, Freedom, in Aurora, Missouri called Freedom Christian Center. And this morning we're here with one of our ministries called the Freedom Dream Center. And the Dream Center is this incredible one-year program where we take men and women directly out of prison, directly out of jail, off the streets. They're addicted to drugs, alcohol. They've been abused. You name it. And we have about 60 men and women right now. They live on our campus for one year. Can you imagine that? I mean, really, can you imagine that? Having 60 convicted felons living with you. I mean, you ought to see the problems we have with our insurance policies every year. It's unbelievable. But they live with us for one year, and the transformation that's in their lives is absolutely incredible. So they're going to be sharing some testimonies um, this morning. But I'm telling you, Tracy, thank you for having us. You know, you were with Lawrence, so we go way back. And your daughters, Lexi, Faithy Pooh, wherever she's at. Um, <laughs> That is her Instagram name or something, isn't it? Faith, Faithy Foo-Foo. I'm going to call her Faithy Poo. All right. So um, I got to meet them this morning, got to hug them and say, crazy Uncle Tony is in the house. Amen. And, um, but with me this morning is, man, my best friend. Been married for over 30 years. My wife and I, we met when we were in uh, high school, dated for four years. Then we got married. And it's been an incredible ride. I want my wife, Christy, if you'll please stand up. This is my wife, Christy. Wave to everybody, hon. When we first came on staff here as the youth pastors, um, we just thought it was awesome. We got hired, and we were looking forward to having a, a, a big ministry here. And they hired Christy at the school, and Christy was going to work there. And then we found out the first week that we were here that she was pregnant with our third child. So she ended up not working here. But the third child who was born here in this church, not actually in the church, Edmond, Oklahoma Hospital, he is here with us today. So this is my son, Dominic. Would you stand up, Dom? Pretty proud of this kid. Last year, he plays college football. Last year, he was the nation's leading tackler. And uh, so if anybody gets frisky with me, don't mess with me. My son is here. Now, my son is single, all right? He is single. He's 22 years old. He comes from a great pedigree, got great DNA. He's looking. I'm just opening that up right now. He's looking. Um, we have four beautiful children, and so we brought the uh, two youngest ones with us. And so then I have my 17-year-old daughter. Carly, would you stand up? Carly's going to be singing at the end of the service. She wasn't born here. We weren't planning on her. It's just something that happened. We thought we were done. And now she's 17. She's not looking. She's not interested. Don't talk to her at all. Or the brother and all the convicted felons will talk to you after the service, all right? So just leave her out of this. Um, Freedom Christian Center, Freedom Christian Ministries, it's a unique ministry. When I introduce my staff here in a little bit, and we show you, we got a few pictures, things to see that we do, you're going to find out that we are a really, really unique church. We're located right out in the middle of the country. Matter of fact, we're in an Amish community. So all my neighbors are Amish. I live two miles from the church. They're all Amish. Horse and buggies going up and down the road all the time. Half of my friends are all Amish. Uh, they don't come to our church. I'm trying to get them all born again, praise God. But so we live, I mean, way out in the country. There's no houses around our church or anything. So we started this church 18 years ago, my wife and I. Had 23 people at the first service. 18 of them were family members. And uh, so over 18 years, we've grown and got this incredible ministry now. The Dream Center's been around since 2005. So we got a video. I can kind of walk you through a few things. It's coming up here. So here's our, this, this is our staff. And our staff is probably a little different than your staff because I know Pastor Chris sitting down here. Um, he was one of my youth. And I can't believe the man he's turned out to be. 
because he was so much trouble when he was in school, so much. All right, so here's, this is one of my associate pastors. This is Pastor Moses Martinez. He was a gangbanger from California, moved from California to sell drugs in Mount Vernon, Missouri. He got recruited to sell drugs in our area. I met him down at the ball fields, led this Mexican to the Lord. He was wearing a jersey down past his waist, wearing long shorts, socks up to his knees, gold chains around. God said, you need to talk to that guy. That guy got radically born again. He's, I, that's over 15 years ago that he got born again. And he married one of our Dream Center uh, graduates, and I'm so proud of this guy, Pastor Moses. Let's see our next staff member. <laughs> that is what Justin Bieber would look like if he was on drugs and just got beat up. All right? That is Pastor Forrest. He is on the front row. Stand up, Pastor Forrest. Man, doesn't he look better? He is the Dream Center administrator. Can you believe that? Almost four years ago, uh, Pastor Forrest came into my office. It was my first initial interview with him. He was this rude, hateful kid addicted to pills. Came in my office, and while I was interviewing him, he fell asleep. And now this guy is on staff and running the Dream Center. That's only what God can do. Amen? Next staff member. This is Sir Gregorio. Now, you're looking at a wild man here. I'm gonna tell you stories, you're probably not gonna believe them because I didn't believe them at first myself. Greg here was a homeless guy in Springfield. He was intoxicated, passed out. Strangers picked him up, heard about our program, drove him down to our church, dropped him off in our parking lot. And so we got this long-haired, gray, gray long-haired man who's completely drunk. We don't know nothing about him. We check him into our program because that's what we do. We just help people. And so we bring Greg in. Turns to find out, after Greg was with us, like for... It took 10 months for Greg to get born again, 10 months. He was the sound man for Ozzy Osbourne for two years. He was the sound man for Motley Crue for nine years. He's traveled the world. When he first started telling me the stories, I, I didn't know if I could believe him. And then all of a sudden we got the autobiography of Motley Crue. We started looking at the pictures and there's Greg, there's Greg, there's Greg. The other day I was talking to him and you know, he's always sharing little things, and I, I love his stories. And I used to listen to ACDC when I was lost. I said, Greg, did you ever meet ACDC? He goes, oh, man, yeah. I said, well, how was it? What are those guys like? He says, they're tough. Got into a fight with them. They beat us all up. He said, they're tough little dudes. I mean, you're just talking. Just He knows every old rocker there is because he hung out with them and he partied with them. He'd been shot twice, stabbed in and out of prison. He'd been in 19 different drug rehabs before he came into our program. Now he is our full-time cook and kitchen counselor and one of the greatest men I know. Only God can do something like that. Next is another one of our guys right here. This is Michael Riziki. Look at that mugshot. He is not with us. But this guy spent so many years in prison. Now he runs our outdoor grounds, runs, helps run all the grounds at Freedom Arena, which I'll talk about here in a little bit. But take a look at the picture on the left and look, take, take a look at the picture on the right. That is a happy guy. That's what God does. Years of addiction. He actually checked into our program eight years ago left after one week, got thrown into prison for seven years, got out of prison, came into the program, and he said, man, I wish I would have done this seven years ago. But now he's so filled with joy. Give me next one. This is another one of my staff members. This is Blake Simpkins. Incredible young man. He came from a great Christian family, went to a party, did heroin one time, got addicted to it, drove his family insane, was dividing everything, two years living in addiction. Now, he's one of our guys, one of those young guys that you would never think. Because listen, not everyone who does drugs or lives in addiction comes from a bad home life. Amen? Listen, the devil's trying to destroy your family. If you're a good Christian family, he's trying to get your family. All right, next. This is Tyler Layton. Look at that mugshot. This guy graduated a few months ago. He's here with us. Tyler, stand up real quick. This is Tyler. He runs one of our businesses. He is single. He is looking. He told me to say that this morning. All right, next. Another one of our staff members, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, where are you at? Stand up, Elizabeth. This is Elizabeth. She was... She may, she may have been the most insane woman we ever came, that ever came into the program in 13 years. She was literally hallucinating, hearing voices. 
when you hear her testimony, she was so beaten down, so abused by men, left for dead, drug addicted, meth cook. She was a meth cook when she was about 14 years old, if you can imagine that. The, the, just the, the, the things that this woman went through. We had her in our, in our program two other times, and we just couldn't get through to her because her mind was so whacked out. She came in a third time. My mom begged. He said, Tony, please give her one more chance. I said, Mom, she's out of her mind. I don't know if we can help this woman. We tried. Help one more time. Elizabeth came in, and I mean, she sold out to God, got, got born again, got filled with the Holy Spirit, got set free, and now she's a staff member and one of the greatest lovers of people that you will ever meet. Next. Another one of our staff members. This is Kim. Unique story, I went to school with Kim. Kim was a, a year older than me in high school. She was a cheerleader in high school. She married the, the school quarterback. Uh, their marriage went south. They got into drugs, alcohol. They got a divorce. She became a chronic alcoholic. She's had six uh, brain surgeries for brain tumors. She lost her hearing in her right ear. She came into a program, which was a very humbling thing, several years ago because she knew me, and it was hard for her to come in knowing somebody. She came in put her life on the line with Jesus Christ. She's on staff with us now. Her life has been totally changed. And I'm telling you, it is a miracle to see where Kim is today. That's what God can do. Next. This is Mary Kay Lynn. This is actually a cousin of mine. Her story is she had stage four cancer, went all up through her throat, through her face, into her brain. She was in the hospital. She'd lived in addiction for years, her and her husband. She's in the hospital. She's dying. The doctors say she's not going to make it. That's her hospital picture. While she's in the hospital, her husband cleans out their house, takes all the furniture, moves in with a, with a girl that was 35 years younger than him, and leaves her in the hospital while she's dying. You talk about a woman who was broken. She came out of that hospital, her started healing up. You see the picture on the right, that's what she looks like now. She moved from Arizona, came down here, started helping me. She's the uh, Women's Dream Center home mom. She lives in the house with the ladies, and these girls will tell you she is a life changer, life saver. Only God could do something like that. Next. All right, you may be wondering why we got a picture of our van. This is a ministry that costs a lot of money. We only charge $300 a month to come into the program, which is only $10 a day. So we kind of live from week to week. All of our vans get donated to us. And when we first started the Dream Center, I took so much pride in all the vans that were given to us that I would take the name off immediately and put Freedom Christian Center on there. I was so proud. But when you have a Dream Center and the Dream Center travels in your vans, all kinds of crazy things happen in your vans. People get flipped off. People are mooned. You can't believe what happens in these vans. And so we decided with all the vans that we get, we leave the other church's name on. And so, if somebody from Oklahoma calls the United Methodist Church in Cassville, Missouri, just call that church, amen? So we leave all the names on. Next picture. All right, this is a house right here. Um, this is one of our homes that we just purchased. It's a 5,600 square foot Amish home. $50,000 in what we're doing is re we're redoing this home. We've got to put in heat and air, the electricity. It sits on 40 acres. We have a running cattle ranch of 224 acres. This is part of it. But the unique thing we're doing with this house is the foster care program contacted us. Kids are aging out of the foster care program. When they turn 18 years old, most families are losing the money that they were receiving. So these kids are being ejected out of their homes. So they're going back to the house that they were taken from, or they're going back to bad friends, or they're homeless. And so they contacted us and said, we need you to start helping them. And so... They've got 40 young men for us right now. As soon as that house is done, we're moving 20 of them in immediately. And, and so today, after the service, we have t-shirts that are for sale. If you wanna buy a t-shirt, uh, the t-shirts are $20. All the money is going. This is gonna be our first thing that we're doing to get that house up and going. We should, hopefully we're in there in 60 days and bringing those kids in, but it's a great thing. Next picture. Now, that's just a picture of our church services. That's what we are, a church that is on fire, full-blown, spirit-filled, um, great altar calls, great praise and worship. My wife's the worship leader, and just a church that's on fire. This is the church, our program, our church is what makes this program go because of all the volunteers help with the ministry of the Dream Center. Next picture. Now, this is Freedom Arena. We have a big rodeo ministry. That roof right there, we built the state-of-the-art rodeo arena. That roof right there is 
bigger than a football field, 320 feet long, I think 180 feet wide. We have rodeos there, and those rodeos help us uh, make money for the Dream Center. We are the biggest rodeos in all of Southwest Missouri in the four-state area. Like, we're exhausted right now. Thursday night, we had a huge barrel race. Friday night, we had a, a huge team roping that went well after midnight. We did, I, don't, I didn't get home till about 3, 3.30 a.m. Um, it's just a miracle what God's doing there. But it's not, does, it's not only a fundraiser. We're reaching the cowboys out there. They're getting born again. It's the only rodeo arena that all we play is Christian music. We give testimonies before our events. All they hear is Jesus. And we don't pray one of those rodeo prayers, you know, before you hear like, you know, dear heavenly father, big cowboy in the sky. We don't pray one of those. Man, when we pray over every one of our events, we pray fire down on every one of our cowboys. And so that's our rodeo arena right there. All right, next picture. That's another picture of the arena. You can kind of see it. It's, it's an awesome site. We just did a revival in it. It seats 3,000. We can see 3,000 people under that roof. And so incredible thing. Next picture. This is our, I don't want to offend nobody if you're a vegan, but this is our butcher shop. We own a butcher shop. Can you believe that? So in the afternoons, our guys go over there and work. We bought an Amish butcher shop. We just built a whole new building, put in new freezers, new coolers. We do all the butchering in the area. It is an incredible ministry, but we're also teaching our, our men a trade while they're there. We're adding on to it. We're putting in a cafe, a culinary school, and a catering service is going in there. And this is a huge, huge deal. It's not a little thing. It's a huge deal. We got another picture of it. Yeah, this is part of the cutting room, not another picture. That's just the inside of it. If you've never seen the inside of a butcher shop, and I didn't bring some of the other pictures. Next. Uh, next, that's the freezer where we hold all of our meat and everything. We sell retail meats. Go ahead. That's another picture. Go ahead. That's another picture. You get the, yeah, there we go. All right, let's go on. If there's a vegan here, you just got sick. I understand. That's another part of it. We don't want to tell what happens in that box. These are outside pens. Um, you might say, how does a pastor own a butcher shop? Why do you do something like that? Well, it was an opportunity to make money. It was an opportunity to train men. So a guy in our church paid the money, bought, bought it in cash for $220,000, said, man, take this and run it. Let it be something great for the kingdom of God. And so that's what we're doing. And you say, well, how did you learn how to butcher? YouTube. <laughs> you can learn everything on YouTube. That is really the truth. We learned on YouTube. We never had anybody bring us in. We learned on YouTube. And our head butcher um, is a Dream Center graduate. All of our Dream Center students work in there. And my son, Dominic, runs the whole place. Next picture. <laughs> this is, that's Bullwinkle. We have a working cattle ranch and because um, we provide our own cattle for the rodeo arena. You gotta understand how my mind works. I do everything in a circle. So everything has to work together. So if I had a rodeo arena and I needed cattle, it made sense to have a butcher shop. So I have a butcher shop, then when I'm done with the cattle, I could feed the Dream Center. You understand how that works? Our Dream Center eats great. All right, next picture. Now these are our Dream Center students and I'm just gonna hold off on that because I wanna get right to it. I feel like I'm at home this morning. I could talk for five hours. I'm just telling you, I could preach for five hours. But at this time here, I want some of our students to come up and I want you to really understand what the Dream Center is about. This service does a couple things. First of all, it just brings me into a happy place. Second of all, we wanna give you an opportunity to know about our program because you may have a son, a daughter, you may have a grandchild, you may know somebody that's struggling in addiction. When it comes to addictions, if you look at the stats, only between three and 4% of people that go through a program actually are successful after the program. Can you believe that, three or 4%? Our record is we're over 50% of all of our students are radically living for Jesus Christ. Now, over 50% are radically living for the king. That other 50% that didn't make it, half of them are set free, are delivered. They're not living in their addiction. But our goal in our program is not to keep you out of jail, keep you out of prison, keep you out of the hospital, not to you know, not, not just get you clean off of drugs and alcohol. Our, our whole program is about getting you into the kingdom of God. And so what we did... So what we did is in our program, our program is not about, we, they don't come in and we look at them and say, ah, got another junkie here. Every person that comes in, it's just like master's commission. 
Angie, good seeing you. I got some Master's Commission students that are here. We run the program just like the Master's Commission. They memorize over 200 scriptures that they have to quote. They, they're in, I mean, they are deep in the Word of God. We tell them from day one when they come in, when they're not even born again, we say, welcome to Freedom Dream Center. You are now in a school of ministry, because that's what it is. See, if you label it a rehab, they'll look at themselves and say, I'm a drug addict. I need this and I need that. Listen, we're not a rehab. We're a school of ministry. God never called us to get people off of drugs. He called us to build warriors to build the kingdom of God. And that's what we do. Pastor Forrest, come on up. This is Pastor Forrest, our Dream Center Administrator. Thank you very much, Pastor Tony. Good morning, Destiny Christian Center. How's everybody doing today? All right, great. My name is Forrest. I, uh, Graduated the Dream Center program in 2016. You may have seen my embarrassing mugshot earlier that reminds Pastor Tony of Justin Bieber. Uh, that was back before I completed the program, and um, I was an addict for a very long time. Um, you may think I'm pretty young, but whenever you live years without hope, it feels like a lifetime. Whenever you live years without Jesus and without wanting to live anymore, that feels a lot longer than it really was. And when I was 14 years old, I was introduced to methamphetamines. And until I was 21 years old, I had no hope for life anymore. And I lost that desire to live. And that was really sad to me because I once had it. But when I got to the Dream Center, all of that was restored to me and I had a relationship with God. And I'm so thankful for that program. And it's such an honor and privilege to be a graduate and to be here and speak today. And I'm so thankful that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. All things have become new. I'm no longer an addict. I'm a child of the living God. And every person that Pastor Tony, every person that Pastor Tony brought with him today, they are not addicts. Our program is different. We have a completely different approach to recovery. We are not 12 steps. We are not a sober living house. We don't think you have to struggle for the rest of your life with addiction. We believe that you can be set free by the power of blood of Jesus. So it's not a religion. It's about a personal relationship with God. 100% of the student, current students we have right now or graduates of our program that are successfully and happily living a drug and alcohol-free life will tell you it was only because of an encounter we had, they had with God in this program. That is the purpose of the Freedom Dream Center. And Pastor Tony previously mentioned that we have shirts out there. We only charge $10 a day. That obviously does not cover everything. Um, we believe that God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory, and he blessed us with a shirt business that we're using to advance the kingdom of God. So if you want to take a look at those shirts after the service, I'll be right outside there with them. Thank you very much, and now we can go ahead and have some testimonies. Hi, guys. How are we doing? Good. Um, my name is Courtney, and I want to share um, the creed first off with you guys. It's something that Pastor Tony wrote, and all of us students, we have to memorize it um, to be able to go on our passes on the weekends. Um, but, you know, this creed is very powerful. It's something that gets down into our spirit, and it changes us. So I am a Freedom Dream Center student, and I have made the decision to abandon my past, to make whatever changes necessary to defeat my addiction. I humbly recognize and take responsibility for where my addiction has led me. But today is a new day. Today is the first day of the rest of my life. Today I surrender all that I am, all that I have, and all that I become to the cause of Christ. For his call and purpose is greater than mine. And as a child of living God, I know that when I am weak, he is strong. And as a child of living God, I know that he is on my side. And as a child of living God, I know that whatever the enemy has stolen from me will be returned. I am word-fed, spirit-led, and determined to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit with miracles and signs following. My mouth is anointed to preach the good news, and my mind meditates on the word of God and his goodness and his mercy that he has for me. I am filled with his love, and I have mountain-moving faith. And when I pray to my father, devils tremble, for I am no longer that weak, feeble, faithless person that I once was. Um, and Jesus Christ, he died for me. Um, surrendering to the enemy is not an option. Quitting is not an option. And letting my family and friends down is not an option. He died for me, so I must live for him. I am a student at the Freedom Dream Center. Thank you, guys. 
Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Um, and I just want to say also, um, you know, um, I'm very thankful for the Dream Center and getting that down into my spirit because that's what has changed me. That is what has brought me out of darkness into the light. Um, this is just an amazing place. You know, I grew up in a broken home, and I'm restored because he is the ultimate healer. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. And I just want to encourage you guys to just surrender to God, just to give him everything, and just to know that he is the ultimate father. And if you guys ever feel abandoned or hurt or broken or lost, just look to him. I just encourage you guys just to take that step towards him. Take that step to surrender. Take that step just to say, God, I need you, and my eyes are fixed on you. So thank you, guys. Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name's Kyler Cooper. Uh, everybody calls me Stick. You can probably see why. But uh, first of all, I just want to start by thanking Pastor Tony and Miss Christy, because uh, if it wasn't for them, you know, most of us wouldn't have had another chance, uh, and some of them three, four, five chances. But, uh, you know, this is just an amazing ministry. It's, it's changed my life radically. Uh, I was an addict. I'm 31 years old. I live in a small town. I have grew up on a farm, uh, done rodeo, sports, all that. Uh, I was an addict for half my life. Uh, it just started out, you know, by using weed and drinking, and eventually went to pain pills. And then I was supposed to go play college sports and rodeo and stuff, but I didn't end up doing that because my addiction had got so bad that I couldn't afford to do it. I had to go get a job. So I started welding out of high school, and uh, I welded in Springfield for like two or three years, and then my addiction just kept getting worse and worse and worse, so my wallet had to follow it. So I had to find out how I could make more money doing it. So uh, I started traveling welding, and I've been all over the United States welding. I've, been, I've worked in like 44 of the 50 states. Uh, and it, it, at the time it was fun, but it was just ruining my life. It was slowly, slowly killing me. And uh, like, like she, that lady said earlier about the roller coaster, you know, my life was a roller coaster. And at any flip that I was getting ready to take on that next flip, it was just the mercy of God that had a hold of my seat because I could have flew out at any time. Uh, I was putting enough hair on my arm, you know, I could have died at any day. Any time I'd done a shot in my arm, I should have been dead. But God had greater things for my life. Uh, man, I, and I was down at the lowest of the lowest of my life. And I, I, but the last year I was in my addiction, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't wanting to do it no more. I was just so dependent on something besides God that I had to have it. I mean, I had to have it every day to make the day go by or I couldn't get up, I couldn't do nothing. So finally, you know, I sought different ways to quit, but I, I could never get it done. So one day, you know, when I decided again I was gonna quit, I got a hold of one of my buddies because whenever you're coming down off heroin, it's a bad, bad deal, it's not good. And uh, so I didn't want my family to see me go through it because I get so sick, or I used to get so sick. Uh, that I called one of my buddies and said, hey, can I come stay with you for a couple days and try to come down and get something figured out? He said, sure. So I went over there and stayed with him the first night. The next night, we got up and went to this little, our little local bar just to eat lunch. And my cousin showed up. And I thank God for that, too. Because, you know, I, I told him, you know, I'm, I'm done. I want to do something different. I'm tired. And I told him, I said, I want you to take me out to your house and chain me to a tree for three days. And I was literally going to go let him chain me to a tree for three days. I was just so broken and so done with it. He said, no, no, there's something else we can do better than that. And the next day, I was in the Freedom Dream Center. And uh, ever, ever since then, you know, I've, just, I've literally been loved back to life. And it's an amazing, amazing place. Uh, I just I can't even explain how amazing it truly is because it changes everybody's lives that come. And there's people that show up that don't want to be changed, but they are changed whether they like it or not. <laughs> These people know how to love. You know, they got the love of God in them. And Pastor Tony and Miss Christy, they've got hearts the size of Texas. Well, maybe not Texas. You guys don't like Texas. Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, and it's just, I mean, it's just an amazing ministry, and I thank you guys for letting us come. I love you all. Hi guys, how are we doing? 
I'm Lacey, and I've been here for about nine months. Um, I'm 26 years old, and I just wanted to start off saying that if you could see you the way that God sees you, you would so change how you look at yourself. He sees everything good about you. He is not um, a father of condemnation. He is not a father of somebody who's going to put you down. Even if you've made mistakes, we've all made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. And I'm just going to say this right now. God doesn't anoint finished work. He anoints you while you are finishing his work. And I just want to say thank you for letting us come out here and be able to uh, tell you guys a little bit about ourselves. Um, Miss Christy and Pastor Tony are truly, truly a blessing. Forrest and Liz, all the people you've seen up there. Um, but I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, I was addicted to meth, intravenously used meth. Um, I started when I was about 18. I fell head over heels with a guy, and um, it was just really a bad relationship. It was nothing but evil and darkness and abusive. Um, he became the father of two of my children. Well, the two children that I have. Um, and uh, DFS got called. My mom's head of DFS in Greene County, Missouri. And um, I made her look like a fool. And uh, they, I jumped through their hoops. I did what I was supposed to. But on the side, I was still with their father, who I was not supposed to be with. It was a regulation. And I still did it anyways. Um, so it came time for my rights to be terminated. And... Um, um, I chose their father over them, and my daughter was about one, and my son was just born. So my kids now know me as their older sister, Lacey, and my mother and my stepfather uh, as their mom and their dad. But that's fine. I made those decisions, and I am a new creation in God because he pulled me out of the miry, clay, the miry clay, and he put me on a rock. He's making me into a new creation, and he is setting me apart and setting me aside for something that he has great for my life. And I thank him every day, Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, and he, he frees you. He is a free, I'm free in him. Um, in James 4, 7, it says, humble yourself before the Lord and he, uh, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So I just ask that you guys remind yourselves of that. Whenever you feel like you're not good enough, whenever you feel like you're not pretty enough, that God doesn't care what you've done. He took, he bore all our sicknesses, our shame, our guilt, our anything, our happiness, our peace up on that cross. He was, he was pure. He was sinless. He was the true definition of loyalty, of realness, of faithfulness. And he still went upon that cross and he took it for us. And um, I don't know, ever since I came to the Dream Center, man, I remember the day my dad called and, uh, he came and got me. I hadn't seen my parents for about two and a half years, and he about bawled his eyes out when he seen me. And uh, he uh, told me he was going to call the Dream Center, so we called the Dream Center, and Forrest that you seen came, he was on the phone with my dad, and he's like, well, she can't be pregnant, and blah, 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 blah. So we went and took pregnancy tests, and I took about five pregnancy tests. I was hoping, and I was praying, I was hoping, I was praying I was pregnant, man. I was hoping to death I was pregnant, which is bad, sad. Hey, God forgave me for it. But, um, you know, I wasn't pregnant, and it was before such a time as this, because if I would have been pregnant, they would have, that baby would have not been okay. You know what I mean? I'm happy that I'm here. I'm happy that I made it this far, and it's only with God that I've done that. And I just thank you guys so much for everything, and thank you. Man, so awesome, so awesome, man. God is in the, he's in the business of restoration here, and, and every day, you know, um, no matter what you're going through. You know, my testimony, um, you know, I came from a good home, kind of like what Pastor was saying. You don't always have to be from a broken home to fall into addictions and stuff. Um, I had an older brother who was into dealing and things like that, and so by the time I was 17, I was introduced to meth. And uh, for the next five years, it pretty much became my sole purpose for living. So by the, by the age I was 21, I was, I was just so broken, man. Everything was taken from me. Any relationship I tried to be in, um, any job I tried to hold down, my family uh, wouldn't talk to me. They were actually pressing felony charges on me uh, for burglary because I was just trying to get my fix or whatever the situation was. But um, one day in particular, I was 21, and I was sitting outside a gas station at the lowest point I had ever been in my life, and God being the last thing on my mind. And somebody came, pulled up next to me, asked me if I needed a ride, and I thought, okay, Okay, I'll, I'll use this guy. I need to go to my dealer's house. You know, and I got in the car, and I, I, I couldn't breathe right out the gate. 
didn't know what it was. I know now that the presence of God was so heavy in that car. I was uncomfortable, and he started, he started witnessing to me. He started telling me that Jesus loves me, man, and he, and he died for me. He told me, told me how God sees me. I didn't want to believe that because all I saw was the darkness and the things that I was involved in and what I was doing and what the world was telling me I was, and he just kept going with that, and then we, we got to my dealer's driveway, and he said, this looks like a bad situation, and he put his hand on my shoulder. He said, do you want to let Jesus into your heart? I didn't even know what that meant, but I just said yes. I started crying. You know, never felt this before in my life. I gave my life to Jesus there, and he told me, he said, you don't need to go in here. He said, come with me. I know a place. It's out in Aurora, Missouri. He said, they, they'll disciple you there. They will get you cleaned up, and you, you'll never be the same. And that, that's what started my walk in the Dream Center. But I'm here to tell you guys also that, you know, that day I gave my life to Jesus, that wasn't whenever, you know, I won the battle. That was when I started fighting, you know, because it, it didn't get easier from there. It got harder. I started to actually deal with things in my life, you know, instead of just supplementing for him. And, you know, I even left halfway through and I had to come back and do it all over again. But I think that was for a reason, too. You know, I w maybe it wasn't my time or the right people around. But, you know, uh, I'm on staff now and I graduated a couple months ago and, um, you know, just, just uh, new trials started coming with that because I was no longer just in that bubble. You know, I was able to make my own decisions. I can go out and do things I want to do. And I just want to encourage any of you guys that may be in that same situation. Maybe you're volunteering or you're um, on staff at the church. Uh, I was praying about, you know, God, why am I struggling? And he told me, um, you know, you, you turn to me a lot whenever things are hard. You know, you turn to me whenever you need help. But he said, I want you always facing me. He said, you always face me, and I, I will light your path, and you, your, your ways will be prosperous. But thank you, guys. I just want to say, is anybody hearing what I'm hearing? I'm hearing the devil really tremble, knowing that we have came out of darkness, and we are fighters, and we're warriors, and we're going to make it out there in the world, and we're going to shine so bright for it's just amazing. I just, I'm so blessed to be here. Thank you guys. Um, I'm Amanda and I've been broken by this world. As you can tell, the first time I saw this was Thursday and let me just say it was pretty bad. So heartbreaking. But anyway, um, I'm going to tell you my story of how I came out of darkness whenever I was six years old. Um, first of all, I was born and raised in a Christian family. My dad was a deacon and my mom was a praise worshiper. And everywhere I went, I um, praised God, um, singing gospel music actually with my mom. And whenever I was six years old, I was sexually abused by a woman. Um, and this lasted for three years. I couldn't understand, I didn't understand, I just knew what she um, showed me and taught me and it just took me down a really dark place of trusting people, not trusting them. Um, she got married, um, moved on, and then at 12 years old, I had a family member um, molest me also. So that just caused, I've had already, at the age of 12, I'm filled with so much shame and guilt and rejection and um, feeling not accepted and just lost. And um, I started smoking cigarettes, um, started drinking and partying, just trying to feel ex um, welcomed and loved by other people because I didn't know who I was. And, um, sorry, it's kind of hard. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so yeah, I was 16 years old and just partying. And then at 19, I met the father of my son and it was a very toxic and very bad relationship. And, um, anyway, um, he actually passed away. Um, we got in a huge fight. I told him, the last words I said to him was, I hope you crawl in a hole and die. And so at that moment, um, and then like the next day I found out that he really did, he killed himself and he passed away. So there, God, um, the devil was really trying to work on my words, like telling me that my words were nothing but death and um, that I just hurt people. So at that time, I just kept people at, at arm's reach. I wouldn't let them in. And as I came here, I just, I got really bad into meth. And then also I got really bad into um, pain pills because I was just trying to kill that pain. And I started IV using um, about, I was like 26 years old is whenever I started IV. And I did that for five years. And then whenever I came here, I was so broken. I was so lost. I, I didn't even know who I was. Here I am like 36 years old and so lost and in this world and um, have nobody. I have my son, but he's with my parents. 
And um, I've just been redeemed. Um, I'm a servant. There's another thing that God just keeps um, laying on my heart to say is that we're not surviving. He doesn't want us to survive. He's wanting us to thrive. And it's important to know that. And if you notice, all of these TV shows, it's all about survival, survival, survival. Because, you know, that is what we're doing in this world. We are just surviving because we're not meant to be here of this world. But just know whenever we have Christ in us, whenever he really, truly fills our heart and we open ourselves to him and receive him, that's when we shine. And I'm just saying, everyone's beautiful here. God loves you. And praise God. <laughs> Hi, uh, my name is Dana. I am 40 years old. I was born into an abusive home. My mother left me when she realized that eventually I would see her death by his hands. My mother remarried twice and left my brother and I when I was 12. We reunited when I was 14 and now I had stepbrothers. For two years, I witnessed her abuse them. Uh, my then four-year-old stepbrother, uh, she, had almost star she almost abused him to the point of death, um, starving him, and uh, sorry, <laughs> attempting to drown him. By the time I was 16, I was pregnant and married. At 17, I was still a newlywed having the responsibility of a three-month-old. I tried meth for the first time at that point. And in the next four years, my new family would suffer dearly, losing homes and losing our minds. At 21, I had my first drink of alcohol to numb the pain. And in that very moment, I became an alcoholic. By the age of 29, I had four daughters that I had abandoned and was full force in alcohol and drug addiction. During this time, I met an abusive man who broke my bones and broke my spirit. Managing to escape, I sought God's help and I tried to pull my family back together. I quit doing methamphetamines, but I remained an alcoholic. I remained a drunk. I did not allow God I did not allow God to keep working on me. I was in sorry. I was in a hurry to have restoration. I ended up doing it my way. Meanwhile, I began a relationship with a man that I thought could make me right. He was a police officer and an army veteran and for five years, I struggled to keep that relationship going, and I found out that he had molested my two youngest daughters. My family was ripped apart again, and I, I, I went back to methamphetamine to soothe the pain and to keep away from alcohol. I once again ran from trouble and abandoning my daughters. I found myself a victim of rape in which I was drugged, Five men took advantage of me, and they put it on the internet. I was in a car accident that left me, that plagued me, and left me crippled. It was a crippling phobia that God has since delivered me from. Thank you. My children are now older. But my youngest two are 15 and 17, and they are alone, living alone in a motel room right now. Their father has abandoned them, too. Our lives are a result of decisions I made at 17, at 27. I've spent years in pain. I'm sorry. <clears throat> but God is faithful. Thank you. 
But God is faithful. Psalm 27.10 says that when father and mother forsake you, he is there. So he's there for my children, too. He's the best parent. (laughs) Um, I have spent years in pain and in chains over the things that have been done to me and the shame of the things I have done. But that spirit of bondage is loosed, is broken in the name of Jesus. And... (laughs) And I am now in chains for Jesus Christ. I have to let I am choosing to let God wipe away those tears, to let him restore what the devil has stolen. I choose to live and not to die, and I hope you will too. Thank you. When Dana found out that I was taking her on this trip, she doesn't like to ride in vans or vehicles because of the bad accident that she had. And me being the compassionate person that I am, I received a text that said Dana doesn't want to go. She's crying. She's bawling. She's falling apart. She can't take a trip that's that long. I simply replied in a text, tell her to suck it up. We're going to go build the kingdom of God. (laughs) I'm saying that because... To hear a woman who had been raped, beaten, drugged, lived the life she's had to live. You can't tell me you can't suck it up through some of your problems and some of your issues. Because it's in our pain that we find our purpose. You know what I love so much about this program is one of my favorite scriptures is James 2, 5 that says, listen, my beloved brethren, did not God choose the poor of this world to be rich in faith? You know, our whole church, over 80% of our church was born again at our church. We just don't get transfers. Transfers don't like our church. We only have two groups of people that come to our church. We have people who need help and people who want to help. Our Wednesday night children's ministry. Our entire children's ministry is Dream Center graduates. All of our little kid classes, all of our Royal Rangers, everything. It's our Dream Center graduates. Our Sunday morning, half of our Sunday school classes are taught by Dream Center graduates. The rodeo arena is run by my wife and I and all of our Dream Center students and graduates. You see, God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And so many people look at the broken and the hurting and, I don't know, they kind of become outcast. But my wife and I, it's always been our heart. We've always been just drawn to people who stunk people who were living in their addiction, people who were coming to church and they were high. And our church is out in the middle of this all-white community, Amish community, all out in the middle of the country. But our church has all, if you have tattoos, you come to our church. If you have piercings, you come to our church. And it's not that we targeted tattoos and piercings. We targeted hurting, messed up people. And we said, you are welcome here, just the way you are. You are welcome. And then we went to another level. We found it so biblical to start the Dream Center where people live together. And in Acts the second chapter, it talks about these 3,000 that were born again as the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was just manifesting in their lives. It says they devoted themselves to fellowship, to breaking of bread, to prayer, and to the apostles' teaching. And so we disciple people seven days a week. I wish I could tell you that every day is joyful. It's not. It is a brutal ministry. There is a crisis every day. Every day there's a crisis. And we are so used to it that if there's not a crisis, we begin going, what is going on here? But man, you ought to come in our prayer meetings and hear these people pray. You know why? They came in poor, broken, beat up. 
But once you get them born again, they're the most powerful warriors that a church can have. And listen, I want to tell you something. The reason God laid this on my heart to reach those types of people was because they have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And the biggest problem with church people, you know, the good medium people, they feel like they have too much to lose, so their faith really doesn't get exposed. They really don't go radical. They really don't go all in. That's all I know how to do is go all in. In everything that I do, that's all I know, go all in. I learned a long time ago, when it comes to taking risk, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much room. But this morning, maybe you heard a testimony and you know somebody who's struggling in addiction. We want to pray for you. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Tony, I'm struggling in an addiction. We want to pray for you. Maybe you're here this morning and you're just, you're lost, you're not born again. I'm not asking you if you were baptized. I'm not asking if you answered an altar call before because the altar call doesn't get you saved. The prayer doesn't save you. But it's when you say that prayer and you turn from your wicked ways and you start following the Lord Jesus Christ. So only you know if you're following Jesus or not. Only you know where your heart really is. You know, I'm always thinking about Matthew chapter 7, the wide gate and the narrow gate. Or, and I'm always thinking about, I think I know how broad and wide that gate that leads to hell is. But I just really wonder how narrow is that gate that leads into heaven? How narrow is it really? Man, I think it's a lot more narrow than any of us can possibly imagine. We were put on this earth for one reason, and that is to build the kingdom of God. So I'm not worried about my life on this earth. I'm doing everything for an eternal reward. And I think the Holy Spirit is speaking to some of you. I think there's some here this morning, you need to get born again. If you were to die, you would just go to hell. It's just that simple. I think there's some of you that you've been living your life as a safe Christian. And God is calling you this morning, don't live safe anymore. I think some of you, you're struggling. Because I believe that you can be born again, but you can be struggling in sin. And you may be here this morning, you're struggling in pornography. Struggling in a secret addiction. Maybe you're one of those Christians that think it's okay to drink if you don't get drunk. But I think God's word says... Abstain from the very appearance of evil. Sorry if I just stepped on somebody's toes. But see, there's a lot of people that go to church. They try to wrap the Bible and God's commandments around their lifestyle. But we were never called to wrap the word around our lifestyle. We were called to wrap our life around the word of God. And so if you think that, hey, you could play around with alcohol... You think, hey, you know what, I smoke an occasional joint because I get really stressed at work, but I love Jesus. But I'm going to tell you something. You may love him, but loving him doesn't mean you're going to spend eternity with him. So we're going to give an altar call right now. You don't have to bow your heads. You don't have to close your eyes. It's not going to be a real long one. It's just going to be a couple minutes. But if you're here this morning, for any reason, you say, preacher, I need prayer. My Dream Center students are going to come up right now and stand up across the front of these altars, the front of this stage.